Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There you go. I'll crowbar some sickingly positive 90s boy band music to start the show just to get everybody feeling a little bit better. Look, I love these guys. I love this team, and that's why it stings so much every single time. Uh, Daniel McCarty is very busy, usually, and I assume he is this morning, so he's good enough to take our call. But he was at the Basin, and he's a a black caps and a, a sporting mind that I trust on this team in particular because he is also emotionally invested to the absolute core. Hello, Daniel. How are you? Hello, Louis. Top of the league, right? We're talking A-League? We're going to talk about being the Hurricanes? <laughs> That's what I assume what this call is about. Uh, how are Liverpool going? Top of the league. Uh, or nothing, nothing, nothing like a 99-minute winner after a dodgy refereeing decision. Fantastic. <laughs> can we get one of those? Can we get one of those in the cricket? Could could we could we get a dodgy call? Where was the rain? How come you didn't conjure the rain? Where was the where was the kind of the grubby draw? Where was that when we needed it? Well, we had the sports minister Chris Bishop on at one stage, and I didn't tell him go out the back and do a rain dance. And then about an hour later, it cleared up and there was blue sky. Just to just to annoy you, I go outside. That's Wellington. You probably can hear it. The gale <laughs> and there's rain. There's sideways rain, Louis. Days the start of what would have been day five. It's one of those days that the, the, the rain's actually doing very well to land on the ground at some stage. So they, they, that will probably cheer you up even more. Well, that's the point. This is it. We weren't even good enough. We were lapped. And and it's frustrating, and, and you, you missed this, but I, I kind of lobbed some questions out there. And the questions are greater than the, the glimpses of hope which were the fact that Glenn Phillips is, as I've been saying, I think undroppable across three formats, and his energy is infectious, and Matt Henry's accuracy is imperious. But there's so many queries, and we go to Hagley, and like I'm going to be as optimistic as I can be, but gee whiz, it was pretty brutal at points, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely, Lloyd, because they were either very, very competitive or miles off the pace. Um, yeah. You look at how well they fought for three quarters, I'll say three quarters of day number one, um, and then sort of tired. I, I, I look at, at the last sort of 10 overs leading up to the second new ball on day one, they looked absolutely jaded. They were really struggling to get through to that new ball. Yep, they picked up um, a wicket late on uh, with the new ball, but that uh, 10th wicket partnership is, is going to linger in our minds for a very, very long time. Cam Green was just amazing. You know, the test was decided by 172 runs. He got 174 in the first innings alone. And it was the one score that sticks out like a sore thumb. And Josh Hazelwood scoring his 
what best test score in a number of years and you know we, we associate the Basin Reserve with big partnerships we didn't get a massive one but we got an incredibly important one for the 10th wicket hugely frustrating 350 was a great score on that surface they ended up getting 383 New Zealand are always sort of behind the eight ball and then um, well things just stuck you know snowballed after that and being 29 for the loss of five the game's almost gone in, in some way. You know, credit to them. I, I, I thought they fought really hard. That Blundell, Phillips sort of counterpunch. Phillips to the four with 71 with the bat. Uh, but, you know, Australia could have enforced the follow-on. And um, Australia, I thought, were a little bit cavalier, actually. And I, I understand the head coach uh, not at all happy with how they batted in that third innings of the game. Bowled out for 164. Uh, Matt Henry again, excellent. And Glenn Phillips, what a story. Um, a guy didn't bowl in the first innings, who was a wicketkeeper just a few years ago, who's nothing short of just a, a cricketing rat in the nets, just bowls and bowls and bowls. Apparently bowls more than anyone in the nets. So um, there's a story for youngins listening there. If you, put, if you put the hard work in, you can reap some rewards. But I certainly didn't, ha- didn't have on my bingo card that the next um, New Zealand spinner to get five wickets in the Basin Reserve alongside Vittori, Bracewell and Bock, you know, three greats of uh, New Zealand slow bowling cause uh, Glenn Phillips but uh, here's the other message for for youngins if you want to be a slow bowler if you want to be a spinner do yourself a favor and try and turn a cricket ball Um, Glenn Phillips can turn a cricket ball and um, if you can get spin you can you can trouble some really fine batsmen and he did I thought you were about to say do what Cam Norrie did and move to England (laughs) yes 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 um and uh, and, uh, no Nothing like a South African-born, New Zealand-raised English tennis player. Well, I mean, one of the one of the things I do want to know, and another, you've been around a lot this summer, so maybe you do have a little bit of an inkling into the inner workings of how this goes, and we kind of we we can surmise how this stuff is done. Who is ultimately responsible for selecting the eleven? Or just going away from the actual on-field, because we heard it all live on SNZ, it was marvelous, and we kind of we know that. You know, there were some average shots and some average spells, but just a bigger picture. Ultimately, who's responsible for selecting the eleven, and why? Why is what? Why are they misreading pitches at home so poorly this summer? I mean, who is this person, and why are they doing their job so poorly? Well, well, when it comes to that reading conditions and selecting, uh, you're playing eleven. Uh, generally, that rests with your coach and your captain. Uh, they're the ones who traditionally made those calls on game day. Sam Wells, of course, is. Uh, you know, uh, head of uh, the wider selector uh, group that sort of feed information in. But once they've selected uh, a group of 13 players, um, for example, uh, you know, they, they selected Neil Wagner. It sounds like might have been given a bit of a tap on the shoulder. He calls time in his career. And I know that really um, rankled Jeremy Coney and some others in that, that commentary box. And you can, you know, check out the way uh, Jerry sort of explains it on our social media. So uh, it does come down to, to captain and coach. Uh, you, you look at uh, you look at Mount Monganui, uh, they played a spinner. Why? Because you tend to always play a spinner there, but it was a little bit slower and drier than uh, than you would expect. They get to Hamilton, they completely misread conditions, get um, get sort of shown up by uh, a South African side, a second-string South African side who, who went heavy on slow bowlers, um, and big tick there. And I'm not sure if they... They misread the pitch of the Basin Reserve uh, or the Basin Reserve just surprised everyone. There was the pace and bounce. You always get that at the Basin. Um, And and the Australians really enjoyed that. But it was the amount of spin 
early in the test match, which caught all of us by surprise. And when you got pace, bounce and spin, the ball's spitting at you at times. And some of the uh, deliveries, uh, Lyon was able to, to hurl down Phillips too. Uh, it was, was a great test. It was captivating viewing. I, I must admit, test cricket's at its best, in my humble opinion, when ball slightly dominates bat. And, and you sort of got that throughout the test. Um, and, and that's what makes Cam Green's innings even more special in the context of uh, the conditions he faced at the Basin Reserve. The Basin has been a bit of a graveyard for New Zealand spinners over the years. But uh, last summer against England, it turned a little bit but it certainly turned appreciably more and, um, you know, with great spark. And, and unfortunately, they've got a world-class spinner. He's now got, I think he's now got the most wickets by a touring spinner at the Basin Reserve in the history of the game. And he's played two test matches there. So I think 17 <laughs> test wickets in two tests. So again, if you can turn a cricket ball, give it a rip this Saturday if you're playing. Yeah, that's incredible. I, I loved hearing Smithy kind of explain why he's got so much admiration for him. And I actually also loved hearing Nathan Lyon uh, talk in the press conference about how Glenn Phillips had been bugging him all, every morning about off-spin bowling yeah. and they're calling him the, the Manus Labashane of, of New Zealand cricket, which is, this is a compliment, actually, because they just these guys are just cricket nuffies. Do you buy yeah, into the f- fact that our, our some of our individual performances were unique to the opposition or were these just bad cricket shots or is there something mental here I mean it's a kind of something we'll never really know because that the players are always going to say it's just any other opposition and yes it's Australia but you know that they're not poorly mentally prepared or going in there thinking that they're going to get out because it's Australia they'll never admit that but do you think that there is something to that? Well, I don't think it's alone to just these 11 players, but I'm sorry, in 11 test matches in New Zealand since we last won in 1993, gee, that seems a long, long time ago, even before that boy band you were playing uh, were a thing. We've lost 10 of 11, uh, and the one draw was when we were following on, and it it rained in Wellington. So when you're getting beaten that comprehensively at home, uh, and you have sort of huge... Uh, variations in form within games. It, it's very easy for us in the fandom to suggest it's uh, it's a mental thing. It, for me, I, I can't get beyond that. I, I, you know, when I was speaking to a lot of Australian um, stations before the first test, that was my biggest concern: the mental scarring. It, it, it's it's got to be real. It has to be real um, because on the other side of the coin, you've got Australia who who probably know right at some stage we will get on top. We will. Um, have a period of of time, whether it's a session or two, that um, New Zealand standards might drop. Ours won't because we're the World Test champions. We're Australia. We're a pretty darn fine cricketing side. So I, I can't I can't get beyond the mental element of it all until they actually prove it. Um, uh, yeah, that, that's me playing amateur psychologist, but I don't think I'm alone in thinking that. No, I think that's I, – I actually completely agree with your sentiment there, Daniel. I think that's exactly it. And I don't know when we're going to prove it because I don't have extremely high hopes for Hagley um, because of the bowling situation. Uh, <laughs> how, how can we walk back the Neil Wagner situation just briefly? Can they? Will they? Is it weird? Is it too weird now? I mean, I, I don't know. No, ben Sears retired. has been caught. Yeah, Ben he's Sears retired. has been caught. caught is he done? Is he done? Do you think? Yeah. Oh, they can't. They can't ask him to come back, right? They, they, talk about flip flopping. Um, the, the way he was wandering around with his family after after the game on the base and reserve was very, very telling. 
Um, I wandered up to him and said, you know, for half of New Zealand cricket fans, thanks for everything you've done. And this is the most important thing now you've got as he was holding his, uh, you know, gorgeous child. So uh, they won't go back there. And the fact they've gone to Ben Sears is a sign that they are looking forward and they have to, really. I spent a, a, a way too long last night trawling through New Zealand cricket scorecards and the video scorecards trying to trying to come up with uh, an option to to uh, replace Willow Rourke. Um, it, it just seemed obvious when we received a message yesterday that he was available to bat, but there'll be an update tomorrow that that's almost clarification right there that he wasn't going to be uh, cited. And the first thing I, w- I wanted to do, to think about, Louis, is a point of difference with that attack. You know, Henry and Southey, uh, we all know their, their attributes and their skills. Uh, but what, the one thing that uh, Willow Rourke has brought, other than a really impressive start to his test career, is an utter point of difference. You know, he comes from 1m97, bowls with really good pace, good bounce bowler. There's, there's essentially no one out there fit and available. We, we have an incredible amount of right-arm medium-fast bowlers going around our first-class circuit. It's actually worrying. Uh, <laughs> you, look, you, you look at all of the wicket-taking charts, I can't see a left-armer a left armor with, with any compelling case under maybe other than a, a name people have uttered for a couple of years now, Ben Lister out of Auckland. Problem is, Ben Lister's played one first-class game this summer, the first round, he's picked up one wicket picked up six last year. I don't know if he's becoming a white ball specialist or injuries have kept him out of red ball cricket, but his point of difference, I know those around the circuit think he's very skilled, uh, but you can't pick a guy who's played one game and got one first-class wicket uh, to, to go against Australia. So then I'm looking for guys with maybe genuine pace, uh, and Ben says does tick that box. Um, Fisher out of Northern Districts, Probably another youngster with, with genuine pace that we need to keep an eye on, but he's pretty young. Uh, but but Sears is awkward. Has a high action, leaps high, hits the pitch hard. Might might be able to get some bounce because generally there is a bit of pace and bounce in Hagley. So, you know, well into bias. Uh, I, I was trying to trying to get out of the 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 equation, but Ben Sears did seem the obvious candidate. But you know the other names I, I looked at as uh, options. You know Nathan Smith, uh, Blair Tickner, uh, Kugeline, Jacob Duffy. Heck, you can throw Doug Bracewell into that. Matt Fisher, I've already mentioned. You know, some of the younger guys going around, Falks out of uh, Canterbury, Christian Clark out of Northern, those two might be a year or two away just yet. But they're all very similar, very similar. So uh, hopefully, hopefully Sears can deliver. But it's odd for me, Louis. He, he played in the T20 series against Australia. And what did New Zealand cricket ask him to do? Well, he didn't play for Wellington in the Plunkett Shield. He's fresh out of club cricket. He took five wickets for Hutt districts. So I'm not sure if um, playing club cricket in Wellington is uh, the perfect way to warm up for bowling uh, much longer spells uh, in the test environment. Very strange. Very strange. And nice of you not to mention what went on at Main Power Oval, actually. Um, <laughs> Nathan Smith. Nathan Smith went on. Na- Scott Kugeline, uh, much talked about. Um, Scott Kugeline struggled with the ball. He, he was picked for what? His ability to, to bowl, with bowl with good pace and bat a little bit. Second ball duck, second innings with the ball. Only got three overs, uh, two spells, I think they were. His first spell of two overs, he was yanked off because he couldn't, couldn't stop the, the flow of runs. And I think came back into the attack only once um, once uh, Willow Rourke left the field. So uh, Nathan Smith, if, if I'm to, to mention another name, the Wellington bowler, 
um, who sort of reminds me of a sort of a, a New Zealand version of Chris Wokes, you know, um, combat, uh, combat a little bit, got 75 in that incredible chase for Wellington yesterday after picking up six wickets. He's our leading wicket taker. But, but his skill set with the ball, Louis, sort of reminds me of a, a Henry and Southey, and, and that's why I sort of defer to, to Sears for that point of difference. But uh, Scott Kugeline, when I watch him play, it's like, oh, his skills are tantalising, but then I look at the age profile. He's 32. He is um, who he I, is. Sure. He is, yeah, he he is, is who he <laughs> is, and he exactly. is not good that's, enough. That's, that's my point. If he was 22, 23... I could understand. Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe give him some, uh, some rope here on this one. Um, Nathan Smith, uh, 25 years of age. I, 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 think, I, I think he's got to be the next cab off the rank. So, but, um, you know, maybe, so maybe Daniel, not, 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 not for Christchurch. Okay, so just for, we'll, we'll get you out on this then. So just for Christchurch, so you're, you're hard knowing the, the, the Wagner 360, which is probably 180, which is probably fair enough. It can't happen, but gee, it would be nice. Um, Henry, yes. Southey, well, Southey's going to he's going to play well, as a hundred. You know, Louis, our captain and vice captain's form is a real concern. A hundred percent, it is. It's, it, I mean, it's worrying. It's, 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 and our keeper's form with the bat as well. I mean, there's so many questions. Yep, there's so he's, many. He's had a rough. He's had a rough year. Absolutely. Okay, so Southey and Henry. Southey and Henry will, will play, obviously. Ben Sears, I think it's fair to assume, will play. And does that mean it's up between Kugeline or would they go back to Santner at Hagley now and, and odds are it doesn't spin? Like, what, what would, Could they play Santner now or are they going to persist with Kugeline? Or can they not simply not play Kugeline? Whether or not it is their over, overriding decision-maker, but often when I hear this team sort of explain selections, they often to refer to what's happened in the past. And maybe that has led them to actually misreading conditions at the ground. I think it was Dylan Cleaver, you know, highly respected cricket writer, in his own sort of substack, uh, just encouraged them to get out from behind the laptop and actually go look at the 22 yards they're going to play on. So, yes, in short, it would be either Kugeline or Satna, depending on conditions. But, you know, if, I, if I'm to use a historical reference, uh, Hagley's been a bit of a graveyard for New Zealand spinners. So... Uh, right now, I, I would be surprised because I, I, I tend to see a, a consistency about how they select their final 11, if you, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I do. <laughs> consistency, if you know what I mean. The, 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 the text has all just grown. The audience just groans consistency. I've already had somebody say rather diplomatic sermon because I haven't put them on absolute 100 full volume blast, but I don't know. I'm sure it'll happen between now and Friday. Daniel, thanks so much for your work, mate. Um, you'll be back. You're, you're down here on Friday with the crew, I imagine? Yeah, I am. I am. I, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I haven't set the long-range weather forecast. Hopefully it's um, you know, slightly better than Wellington right now. But how frustrating is this? How frustrating. I, sideways rain in the capital. Just needed to bat a day. Just needed to bat a day. We couldn't get to Make lunch. Didn't bat we couldn't get to lunch. <laughs> turns out, it turns out Hazelwood and Green's partnership was actually good for us, but we still couldn't bat. Yeah. Incredible stuff. Uh, Hey, at least they recognised uh, what we described on the morning of day number two, um, that they, they should have tried to get Cam Green out in orthodox ways, that they made it far too easy for him, expecting him to come out and play some strokes. And, you know, Cam Green and Josh Hazelwood, yeah, absolutely brilliant effort by the Aussies, 116. And 
yeah, you know, there's a lot. There, there'll be a lot of remorse, I'm sure, in that New Zealand side today as they ponder how how they let Australia sort of sneak away from 211 for seven to get to that 383. So. Um, mm. Once they do that, they've got to remain positive because it's a heck of an ask, isn't it? It, it really is. I, I still believe that Australian batting lineup is not as strong um, as we've seen in the past, um, and and they've got to remain optimistic on that. Uh, but again, losing losing a big weapon in every way, shape, or form of Willow Rock just just gives us a little bit more uncertainty around that bowling attack. I just hope. Hey, I, I've questioned Tim Southey a lot over the years, and one thing he's been really good at doing is when the pressure is on, is actually going out and picking up some wickets. And hope, hopefully he, he can do that. Um, because the guy, the guy at the other end of the new ball, Matt Henry, he really is outstanding. He is blossoming now after being waiting in the wings for so long and, and now stands, I think, head and shoulders as our figurehead in that attack. 100% he does. Hey, um, and no worries, mate. Happy for the Crusaders to take the, the mediocrity tag off the, the Hurricanes. We've traded it for Geordie Barrett being the new, th- the new thuggish Barrett. Ha! <laughs> I love that. So, so you're mediocre, and we've got Scott Barrett. <laughs> I mean, he's pretty much the same size. He's just a fullback. Uh, good to chat, mate. We're going to win the league. We're going to win the league. The Knicks. Oh, and Liverpool, all of them, mate. Okay. All right. Got to go. Daniel McCarty, there you go. You heard him at the base, and you'll hear him at Hagley. 0800 Let's do some talk back. Why can't conjure, Kane conjure his best against the green and gold? Is Tom Latham's form now the concerning form? Uh, <laughs> who's, who is responsible for selecting this 11, and why can't they get their job of reading the conditions right this summer? What is going on there? What's wrong with the fielding? And what about this bowling unit? Henry Southey Sears... Santner? Henry Southey says Kugeline? Hmm. All right, back after this with your calls.